All right, Rabbi Klein is here. We're going to talk about Parsha. Veschanan. Okay, Veschanan. That's our Parsha, everybody. You're up. Shabbos Nechamud, right? I just wanted to do a little different than I usually do. A little Chumash Rashi. A little Chumash Rashi. With, uh, just uh, to point out things that uh, people... Um, there are words, such basic words we bound, we, we, we use. Uh, but it's always very nice to know what Rashi says. And when Rashi defines things, you know, sometimes he says Midrashim, but very often he defines what words mean. And if we look at them a little closely, we can have a deeper appreciation of some core concepts in our daily life. So I'm going to begin with the very beginning. So if you have this sheet over here, Okay, anyone doesn't have, I got extra. And again, I, I please remind you that if you're not going to take it home, uh, okay, if you don't take it home, please return it to me so I can put it in Shamus. Okay. So the first pasuk is this, Hanan al-Hashem Sahilemar. Uh, this translation, uh, by the way, comes from courtesy of Chabad.org's website. They have a Chumash Rashi translation, a Rambam translations there. And Veschan Hashem Beisahi Lemar. I here it says I entreated. Another word is I pleaded before Hashem, our God. And the source of that word, Veschanan. Anyone know what the root of that word is? Chain. Chain. Mercy. Well, Chain is translated as grace very often. So we're going to understand what grace is right now. It's also where the Chana is named after that. So we'll take a look in Rashi. Okay. Do you prefer I just do it in English? Okay. So Rashi says, referring to the Hebrew word Veschanan, the word Chinun and its derivatives, in all cases, is an expression signifying requesting a free gift. Okay, Rashi related to the word chinam. Chinam means freebies. Okay, so Rashi is explaining why, even though, as he will point out later on, there are ten expressions that are used for tefillah, for prayer. Veschanan is one of them. He says, even though the righteous may base a request on the merit of their good deeds, they request only a free gift of the omnipresent. Right? The righteous Moshe Rabbeinu, boy, did, did, if anyone had IOUs, if anyone had markers on a Kaddish Baruch Hu, if anyone did, okay, the one who had it is Moshe Rabbeinu. And here, Hashem said to him, You cannot come into the land. And at this time, he pleads for Hashem to forgive him. What he does, which form of entreaty does he use? He uses the form of Eschanan because he was asking Hashem to give him a freebie okay? because Hashem had said to Moses quote and I will favor remember by the sin of the golden calf Hashem said to him he asked Hashem to reveal his presence to him Hashem said I shall have mercy on those who will be merciful okay but he also said, And I will be gracious. I'm doing my translation when I am gracious. So Moshe spoke to God using this expression. Okay? 
So I want to tell you, so we, we can learn from Moshe Rabbeinu, because whatever markers you feel you have on God, right, we need to realize that Hashem is always ready to listen to the prayers for freebies. And there's a beautiful Midrash on that. The Midrash is that when Moshe Rabbeinu was up in heaven, he got a tour. He got a tour? Got a tour. Okay, and the malachim that led him on this tour took him to a series of storehouses, of treasure houses. And in each one, Moshe Rabbeinu said, what is, who gets from this treasure house? So, on one of them says, oh, these are for the people who study Torah. These are for the ones who raise orphans. Okay, these are for the ones who give tzedakah. And on and on until it came to one that was bigger than all the rest. More vast. And he said, and who are these for? Those are the freebies. <laughs> so I want you to a wonderful insight of what tefillah is for us. Okay, is to come to Hashem knowing Hashem is gracious and gives freely. Let me go on, the next Pasuk, 24. That Pasuk I'll do in Hebrew. Hashem Elohim, Atoha Chilosa Laharosis Avducha, Es Gadlucha, Vesyadcha Chazaka. You, Lord, God, have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. Because who is there a God in heaven and earth that can do according to your deeds and according to your might? Uh, we learn out from here a source in the Amida. The Amida is designed for us to petition to Hashem for our needs. But from this, our Chachamim learned that before you ask Hashem for anything, which we do at the beginning of the fourth blessing, you grace, notice the word grace, grace people with knowledge. Okay, before we do that, we speak of the Shavach, of the praise of God. We don't ask for anything. And that is learned out from Moshe Rabbeinu because before he went to ask his request, he praised God. Right? So we praise God too. So Rashi says, what does it mean, Hashem Elohim? So now I'm going to go to the English. Okay, it means you who are merciful in judgment. Even when God judges us, which is represented by the word Elohim, Hashem is the God who gives us being. He's merciful. Okay. I'm going to skip the next Rashi. I recommend you do it alone. I'll just tell you very briefly what it says. We can spend literally two hours on this Rashi. Okay, where it says, you've begun to show your servant. Rashi says, where did Hashem begin to show Moshe okay, that he is forgiving? By the sin of the golden calf. You remember, Moshe, God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, leave me alone so I will destroy them. Mm-hmm. And Moshe didn't. He says, if God wanted to destroy them, he wouldn't have said, leave me alone. He doesn't need Moshe Rabbeinu's permission. Right? He doesn't need Moshe Rabbeinu. It was opening up the door for him to invite him to pray. So Hashem is always ready. The door is always open for our tefillahs. And finally, 
So next Rashi is so important as God Lecha. What does it mean to you when you say God is great? What does it mean? I'm asking you. It's a good question. I was thought about. Does it mean big? He's big. He's huge. He's taller than Goliath. What? What is it? Guy, he can take on the whole World War, uh, World Wrestling Federation. Okay, at one shot. What does it mean? He's great and strong, right? And by the way, that's the first attribute we say of Hashem in the Amida. We say Hagadol. The first one after you say that he's Kel, that he's God, we say Hagadol, the Great. So what do we mean that he's great? Uh, Suleiman the Magnificent, Suleiman the Great. I mean, you know, people call themselves great. No, no, no. All right. Beg your pardon. All, all powerful. All right. So now we're going to look at Rashi, and we're going to see that's not what greatness means. Okay. So look what Rashi says. Okay. Where it says your greatness. This is the attribute of your goodness. The Hebrew is beautiful. Zumidas Tuvcha. Greatness is the same thing as the word. We use the English word good. Okay. Okay. And. Okay. Similarly, it says, do you remember in Parsha's Shlach, Hashem said he's going to destroy the Jewish people? Yes. And Moshe prefaced it with his request for forgiveness began, but before he began he prefaced his request for forgiveness with the following expression Vata, Rashi brings it down Vata Yigdal Koach Hashem Kashar Dibarta and now let the power of Hashem be made great as you had spoken and where did Hashem show his power to be great? Remember the 13 attributes of mercy? Yes. That is Hashem's goodness which is where he showed himself to be the great. The 13 attributes, right? But the 13 attributes, if you recall, as Moshe stood in the rock on Mount Sinai, al in the cleft in the rock, Hashem said, I will pass all my goodness. So Rashi says that God's greatness is his goodness. Okay, I, I'll make a point of that in just a moment. I hope you'll find interesting. Okay, the God's greatness is His goodness. But what does it mean that God is good? Okay, that God is forgiving. Okay, that God is forgiving. So when you say Hashem is great, okay, and even in that pasuk, the Rashi quotes, and now let the power of Hashem be made great as he has spoken the greatness of Hashem is his forgiveness okay? and when you say the first word of the Kaddish Yisgadal that Hashem's name should be made great you're really saying that Hashem should be forgiving every time you say the word Tov good in Davening with one exception which I'll explain just a little later on with another Rashi Every time you say Hashem is good in Davin, let me mention the exception first. When you go to bench, you say, okay, not Hashem right? That He gave us Eretz Tova, a good land. We might say, because, okay, you should see the figs and the dates of Eretz Yisrael and the mangoes and the oranges. Unbelievable. Right? Compared to Acme and Shoprite. Right? Unbelievable. Right? 
That, so that's what you think goodness means, it's good. Right? We're going to see that's the exception. But every other time the word goodness appears in davening, okay, it is always paired with Hashem's mercy and chesed and forgiveness. And I'll give you an example from Ashrei. Everyone knows Ashrei. Sure. Okay? The, in that Tehillah, David Melech says, okay, Zecher Rav Tufcha Yabiyu. They will utter, they will articulate, they will mention the remembrance of your abundance, abundant goodness. The next pasuk is, Chanun Rachum Hashem Lakol. God is gracious. We have the word Kinam again. Okay, gracious and merciful to all. Verachamav and His mercies are called Masav. And the next word is Tov Hashem Lakol. Hashem is good to all. Right? Okay. During the Amida, you say during when you thank God in the Modian prayer, you say Hatov, you are the good one. Ki Okay, because your mercy never ends and your tender love never ends. Right? Always throughout davening, whenever you see the goodness of God, it is always matched with the chain and the rachum of Hashem. Even in Echa, there's a pasuk that talks about, okay, uh, that God's love and mercy never ends. Okay? That is what, uh, so Moshe says to God, you are great. Rashi says, God's greatness. So you know the expression in English, you know, to forgive, to, to err is human, to forgive is divine. Di divine. Mm -hmm. You know that? So we become great when we forgive. When we don't forgive, we, we diminish ourselves. We really do. So, going on. Holding a grudge is not something that's like a Jewish thing to do. Okay, right. Yes? Does this have anything to do with like, the idea that we say that Hashem only does good? That, there's, that it's not... That whatever happens is for the good, not for the bad. Yeah, whatever Hashem does is good. We're going to talk about that a little bit later with the Shema. We're going to be doing the Shema also tonight. But I just want to do these little ideas here. And then what else is the Pasuk says, which Rashi comments on? Okay. Okay. You have begun to show your servant your greatness, that Yata Chazaka, and your great hand. So what does it mean, great hand? This is your right hand. So Rashi says it refers to Yemincha, Zu Yemincha. This is your right hand, right? Alam, which is open, which is stretched out, rather, to everyone who is in the world, right? Do you remember there's a Nila prayer? Sure. Right? In the Nila prayer, we don't do the whole long, you don't do any more Alchets in there, okay? What it just has is a tefillah that says, okay, okay, your right hand is stretched out to the poor. Rashi says, you want to know where we know that from? This word, Yad HaChazakah, the Moshe say. So everything the Moshe in his praise of God's great, good, greatness and his strong hand, is a praise of God as a forgiver. And therefore he can ask, 
know, even though he did whatever this mysterious sin at the sin of the rock, which we're not going to do, invite me another time. I was in Israel that uh, Shabbos Parshas Chukas when we did that. Okay, and uh, and you look at all the other Rashi's on the page are all very tender. And if you go to the back page, there is no back page. Why did my machine skip me? Okay, oi, the machine skipped it. I I prepared it, but the machine is gone. He goes on to say, okay, the request is, so I'm sorry, take my word, please. Ebra, now let me pass the and let me see. It's a har hatov, excuse me. This good mountain, what's a good mountain? Okay, you're darn right. A forgiving mountain. What's the halvanon? Why does he want to go to the Lebanon? Why does he have such a passion for Har Hermon? Why, which mountain is he talking about when he says, I want to see the good mountain and I want to see Lebanon? Lebanon. What? What? This is something wrong with going ahead and seeing Carmel? The Carmel Mount. He wants to ski, right? Guys, enough with the, enough with the desert. Let me get some snow, right? I'm going to go, right? I'm going to go to Hermon and get some snow, right? Okay? So Rashi tells us over there, I hope you trust me. You look it up. Rashi will say, Hahar HaTov refers to Harabayat, the Temple Mount. Vahavanan is the place of the Beit HaMikdash. He wants to see the place. Why is it called Livanon? Because the prophet Isaiah says, if your sins will be as red as scarlet, I'll make them white. You remember at the you remember when the scapegoat was sent away after the end of the rush, there was a red cloth that became white. Moshe's symbol that he would be forgiven was to stand at the central place where humanity was first formed. It's a big machlokas between Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Kiva. Where where the dust came. Remember Hashem made out of clay? It didn't come from Gan Eden. Because we know the Pasuk says, after he was formed, Semet Adam began Eden, that God put the first human being in the Garden of Eden. Right? That Hashem did that. So where was he made? So Rebbe Eliezer says, he, he, every country in the earth, Hashem took a, a speck of. There wasn't a place in the world, which means humanity is, can be at home even in the frozen north. Okay? So one thing. Okay? Rabbi Kiva says it was in okay, uh, the Harabais, the same place where where Yitzhak Avinu would be brought on Maria, right? And I think it's a very easy answer to reconcile them. It's just that Hashem took a sample from everywhere, but where did he make it? He assembled it, so to speak. He made the model at Lebanon, right? So everything is about forgiveness so yes couldn't Lebanon also refer to the cedars of Lebanon that were used to construct uh, it's a very nice I never thought of that it's a very very nice way of tying that in it's a very nice way of tying that in okay it's terrific yeah no does that uh, okay so please when you, when, you, when you come across the words Gadol in Tefillah and Tov in Tefillah, okay, and the theme of Hashem's Chain, okay, be, t- pay attention to how it's used in the Siddur, 
because it is almost always used in that context. So I hope uh, uh, on this uh, upcoming uh, Shabbos Nachamu we remember that, how uh, Hashem is so loving. We have three weeks between Shivasar Batamas and Tishabav, which are called the Shabbos of Paranias, of warning and of doom and destruction, but there are seven weeks of Nechama afterwards. Right? We do not go into Rosh Hashanah without seven weeks of Haftarot, of consolation, of Hashem's tremendous love. So I just want to take the our Torah. Yes? I, I seem to feel a little bit of negativity. If, if Hashem's goodness is forgiving, that means that we're constantly doing a Beirut. Well, you know, you, by the way, you can only do one of era and uh, you need forgiveness. You need, and we need it all the time. Okay? You know, we, we say, Rav Salvechik says on the Pasuk, Kibi, on Yom Kippur, Kibi Yom Azeyich on this day shall you be forgiven for all your sins. Before Hashem you will become pure. He says, sin always leaves its mark. We're forgiven. Okay? But it leaves its mark. And he says, that's why the Rambam says that, okay, when Yom Kippur comes around, let's say, hypothetically, I did something really very offensive to someone. Right? Right? Or to Hashem, right? And I worked it out with them. They, they forgave me, right? Okay? It was a really terrible thing I did. So, and they forgave me. And Yom Kippur has passed. Do I have to confess that sin the next Yom Kippur? No. Absolutely, yes. Yes? Yes. Oh, it's You did something? No. Because you, Yom Kippur also cleanses us. It purifies us. Oh. Okay. You confess for a sin that you did more than a year ago? Thank you. Yeah. If, you, if you've already been forgiven and confessed, why would you need to do it? Because we... You haven't we, repeated it. You're forgiven, yeah. But the stain it leaves on you, okay? It's part of who you are. You, you need, yeah, I'll give you an example. Right, 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 right. Okay. No, 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 no. Right, right. I, I, I'll try to give you an example. Why don't you use uh, 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 um, an example? Bernie Madoff, let's say. Right? Let's say he was able to finally make restitution, and people had the grace to say. Oh, never, I forgive him. He's, he's working his time in jails, and, and, and in jail, he gets a jailhouse conversion. And he says to Hashem on Yom Kippur, you know, I, I really, and I, you think the next Yom Kippur, he should say, I did it. I'm through. I've done my business. Well, that's just Hashem. He's wrong many people. I'm, I'm just talking about, even if he works out that he gets the forg I'm trying to give you an example, right? Okay? It's not, sin has a profound effect, and the way we purify ourselves is by, okay? being mindful of it. So look, I'm not expecting you to remember every trivial thing you did when you were 14 years old, that you tease someone, right, in one of your schoolmates and it's, it's hocking you, right, it should hock you forever. But there are sins that we do that, uh, <laughs> they leave a long impression, well, right? How many times do we yeah, but we all, yes? How many times do we confess it? Do we seek, uh, I, 
I'm only saying, uh, you'll see the Rambam says we have to confess our old sins too. Look, okay, I wouldn't have enough time on Yom Kippur to confess all my old sins. I can barely have time to confess these sins. You know, like that. There's not enough time. I need five days of Yom Kippur with one at least a meal in between. I really, you know, yeah. I, I, each, I, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying no. I, I'm saying, but there are sins that people do that are really, and they can be forgiven. Do we also try to make up to people year after year after year? No, because it's a done deal. That you've gotten the the so the punishment. It, it's not about the punishment. Okay, forgiven it. Hashem's kapara is about you don't have to pay a price. That's what kapara is about. You don't have to pay a price. But I mean, I'll give you an example, right? Okay, sure. Some person really loses it with one of his children really loses it and beats them. Okay? Alright, they work it out with, I'm telling one an adolescent kid. And they work it out with, they really work it out. They work it out with a kid, they go to therapy, they do that, you know that. They really work it out. You don't think it should be on their mind? And the next year they should say, cancelled? I was hearing, I heard a story several years ago about a, I don't know if it's true or not, it might be just a, a marshal, but, um, there was a man and a woman, and the man would always constantly put the woman down. And um, she was getting really frustrated by it, so she was like, nervous about that. Like Every time he does, he, he talks down to you, take a hammer and nail and just bang it into a board. So he'd start coming, she'd go home, the husband would say something, she'd take a hammer and nail and just bang the hammer in. After a while, the husband said, what's going on here? And she said, well, this is what the rabbi told me to do. I've done all this to you. She he said. She said, "Yeah, this is what you keep doing to me." He says, "From now on, I'm going to treat you with respect, and I'm not going to make any more comments like that. Every time I don't make a comment and I do the right thing, I want you to take out one of those <laughs> nails from the board." So she took every. He turned over a new leaf. He, he pulled out every single one of the nails. So one day he says, "Well, let's get rid of the board." He says, "No, this is." to show you that all these holes are where you... Yeah, he had a holy board. He had a holy board. And so speak, he put holes in her. And But the same thing, he puts holes in himself in that process. You know? Uh, I, I was... Uh, for, for many years I taught uh, uh, junior high and high school kids, Lemude Kodesh. And I once had a kid... <laughs> from a fellow teacher uh, I once had a kid who I was mean to I didn't hit I didn't hit you know but I insulted her you know I insulted her I haven't forgotten okay I'm, ash I'm deeply ashamed you know I haven't forgotten why should I forget Okay, let's say I worked it all out with her. With his she may never think of it. You know that? Okay. Why should I forget? It's, it's, it's good not to forget. It's a wonderful meter not to forget. But when you're doing Yom Kippur, you're confessing Beg your pardon? I thought when you're doing Yom Kippur services and you're confessing your sins, it's just your sins 
against Hashem, not your sins against people. Well, I'm just giving you, I'm giving you the, the third one. That, believe me, go through your al There's plenty. The al-chet lashon hara. There's on, on, on not being respectful to my parents. On you know, on uh, they're not just about emotional qualities or our relationship with Hashem. Just give you the third one. Hashem no begannu gazalnu. Right, uh, we stole. Right. But maybe, uh, it's the, maybe it's like a little different. Maybe you're not saying it for the thing that you've done to the person. No, no, no. Well, you broke a shell. You, 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 the person may have forgiven you, and that's great. And now, but you got to tell Hashem, I, I did, I wronged him, and, and it hurts me that I wronged him. Okay. Constant forgiveness would seem like a grudge is being held, which is antithetical to everything we're supposed to do. I don't know. I don't know that I hold the grudge. I, I, okay. You shouldn't hold it. If I was Bernie Madoff, I have to feel remorse all my life. If all my victims forgave me, if every one of them forgave me, if every one of them, if every single one of them forgave me. And most actually, you're a good person to admit it, and you're not going to forget it. Yeah, I mean, why should you forget it? You know. Are you requiring somebody like that who's really hurt you and just apologize? Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 by the way, you really, okay, the halachas, after three times of requests, yeah. you're obligated to, and our tradition says you get a sin if you don't, so if you can handle your own sin, you know that? Doesn't mean they're forgiven automatically, but it still means... So, so let's say he simply said, you know, he's, he's ruined these people, and he says, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry again. Okay, I'm sorry a third time. Now you have to forgive me. Now you're sinning if you don't. Don't worry. You know, I, 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 uh, by the way, I, I don't think he's doing that. I, I just want you to know. I really don't think he's doing that. Just to give you an example. Ramam says that there are many times we sin and we, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing asking forgiveness. Everyone makes it sound like it's a cheap thing. Look, uh, you go around the shul right before Kalnidra, people go around, you forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Yeah, yeah that means for the, the time you, 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 you stepped on their foot, that'll work. You know, that, that's a good time, you know, to do that kind of stuff. But if you really hurt someone, if you think that's asking for forgiveness, and they'll say yes, you don't know if they really mean it or not. If, if you, they, you really hurt them, burning man, if we're going around the shul, you forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. They're nice Jews, it's airbrush. She, um, Kipper's going to begin in a moment. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's not. Okay. Forgiveness is work. Invite me to come back before Rosh Hashanah. Forgiveness is work. Okay, I'm telling you, it takes a lot of work to forgive. Okay, if we think it doesn't take a lot of work to forgive, okay, then we can't appreciate the tremendous chesed and love and grace of God and how, as much as God's hand stretches out to reach us and always reminds us how Hashem is so forgiving. Okay, but if we think of forgiveness is no big deal, either for the person we offended or for ourselves, we don't do very true forgiveness. So because of time, I'm going to uh, just uh, do two more things. Can you help pass out this over here? We're going to look at the Shema for a moment. So how do you translate Shema Yisrael? Hear, O Israel. What does Hear, O Israel mean? Listen up. Listen up. Pay attention. Yo, wake up. Yeah. But I, but I have my own second translation. Yeah. Go. Right. You can translate to listen, O Israel. Yeah. Uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But uh, a synonym for listen is hear, H-E-A-R, 
But whenever I say it, I think also, not just listen, O Israel, but hear, O Israel, as in H-E-R-E, wherever a Jew stands, evidence of Hashem. That's it's very that, in terms of that, Whenever that, you stand through such the Shema, very well, yeah, the Shema. No, not that. This. Where's another one? This. Yeah, I'm trying to leave this out here. One page. No. What did, what did that give you here? Where it says the Lord spoke these words. Yeah, the Lord spoke these words. I don't have a bunch of them here. I just gave you one. What do you have? Let me let me see. What do you got there? Yeah, one for everybody. One for everybody. One. Just one. One page. Okay. One page. No, no. One page over there. Sorry, I gotta rush a little bit over here. Alright, Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, right? Yes. Well, another meaning of the word, okay, here. Russia will tell us where we get the word Shema Yisrael, what it means. We'll, we'll look at that in a moment. The Rambam goes into the great deal. I have a source over there for it. We'll look at We'll have time to look at it. Because we need to make time for Brachach Ronan, for people to be able to go daven. Starts in about five minutes. Okay. So, right? So Sforno gives a wonderful interpretation. But I, I want to tell you why I believe he's absolutely correct. I think even though the Rambam will bring down the Shema Yisrael refers to it, and if you want to follow along that Rambam, it's I think I have it over here. Uh, it's on the English page which says Halacha four from the Laws of Kriyat Shema. It's an English page. It just says when reciting the Shema. No, no, it's a whole page when reciting the Shema. Yeah, you got it. Right here. Right. Okay. Got it? Yes. No, no, on the other one, the original one. It looks like this. Okay. <coughs> so the Rambam says, when we're saying the Shema after completing the first verse, Shema Yisrael, we say, Baruch Shem Olam And then you continue to read the first section, Vahaptat Hashem Lekecha, right? Mm-hmm. You know that. Everyone I hope knows that Baruch Shem Kamachutel Olam is not in the Torah. Right. You know that? It's very important you know that. Okay? It's not in the Torah. So Ram says we say that, and then we continue reading the first paragraph. Why do we read in this fashion? It's very, very rude to interrupt the Torah reading. If you're reading a paragraph of the Torah to interrupt it, you know, it's very rude. So he says it's a tradition when the patriarch Jacob gathered all his sons together in Egypt, closed his death, he commanded and urged them regarding the unity of God and the path of God upon which Abraham and Yitzchak, his father, had tread. He asked them, remember, Abraham had Ishmael and Yitzchak had an Esau. Right. He asked them, my sons, perhaps are dregs among you one who does not stand with me in the unity of God, like Ishmael and Esau? This is comparable in the manner which Moses, our teacher, said to us, Parsha Nitzavim, lest there be among you man or woman whose heart turns away this day from God. Right. They all answered and they said, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Okay. Listen to us, Israel, our Father. God is our Lord, God is one. The wise elder responded, Therefore the Jews are accustomed to utter the praise that Israel, the wise elder, uttered after this verse. How can Moshe be their teacher if they came before Moshe? Moshe is quoting him. 
Yeah, Moshe's quoting uh, the way we read the Rambam. Moshe's quoting what the children... It's not Yaakov Avinu who said Shema Yisrael. It's the 12 Shvatim said Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekem Hashem Echad. No, no, Yaakov is much earlier, right? Right? And Yaakov says, We are going to do what our wise elder did. Okay. But that is not what we call the pshat. That's midrash. It's beautiful. Okay, it is sufficient reason to incorporate Baruch Shem from Machutol Olam Vaed. So, what does "Hear, O Israel" mean? Right, right. What does it mean? So, Sforno says in a beautiful explanation, what it means is it means what we call that Sarasati Bros. That we have to obey the Ten Commandments. You may then ask, what does the Ten Commandments have to do with Shema Yisrael? Right? Verse 1. And the answer is that about 15, 16 verses before we read the Ten Aseris Hadibras. We read the Ten Statements. Right? Right? So when Moshe is saying, he just repeated the Ten Aseris Hadibras. Okay? And he said a few things after that. And 15 verses says, Shema Yisrael, obey the Ten Commandments. Because Shema also means to obey. Okay? So this may sound very... Um, you might buy it, you might not. Right? But what I did was, which I just wanted to share with you, this is the single sheet. I printed it with colors. I didn't have to print it printed separate. Okay. Okay. These are the the verses that begin in verse 19 over there. At Tadvarma Ela, the Lord spoke these words. Yeah. So I, I hope you take it home and at least look at this. These are the verses that uh, exist between. Okay. The the Aser Satibros just concluded with these. Uh, with the verse above. Yeah. And then. There we go. 19. Okay? And then these are the verses between the the Ten Commandments and the Shema. So what I did was I noticed listening to Laning one day that the word Shema appeared many times before the Shema Yisrael. So what I did was I counted them. So if you want to count them with me Okay? If you want to count them with me you can actually read them later on. How much are there, including the Shema? Nine. Nine. And including the Shema? Nine. Ten. Ten. Don't trust me. Well, here's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. 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 Yeah, and then other 24 only did once. Nine, ten. You got them all. Now this tip. Look at the Hebrew. Are you looking on the Hebrew side? I didn't count that. Minus D. Are you looking on the Hebrew side? No, I'm looking on the Hebrew side. Here, look on the Hebrew side. Which one? Which verse did you say I missed it? Where
highlight. Yeah, they're both. They're twice there. Yeah, on the English side. On the English side. Okay, I didn't do it in the English side. Okay. All right. So this is called when the Torah uses a word repeat repeatedly. It's called it's called a coda. Scholars call that a coda. So it's a key word. Okay, and the word Shema appears connecting the linkage Moshe's He's saying, if you listen, if you hear, when you heard the voice of God, when you do this, when you do that, because when did they hear the voice of God with that Sarasah? Zebra. So the connection, okay, so I really think that the Sforno is the best explanation on the Pshat level, on the simple meaning of what you mean when you say Shema Yisrael. And in ancient times, before the rise of Christianity, after the second bracha, of the Shema, before they would say the Shema, they used to say that Sarasadibas. It was only when the Christians said those are the Ten Commandments and not 613, they said, We're going to cut that out. Really? Yeah, it said, If you see the juxtaposition that our Chazal put in originally, the Sarasadibas, right before the Shema, then it makes so much sense to say that Shema Yisrael refers to that. And if I got one more minute, I just want to do at least one more Rashi. Before the Shema, why are we going to put in? these verses before the Shema. Because Moshe is saying, you have to read what he says. You heard these voices, you have to do this, you have to do that, and therefore, you should listen and always realize it's a summary. Hashem Lekein Hashem Echad. So let's take a quick look at Rashi. He says a very quick look at what Rashi says in the Shema going on the, back on the, the staple sheets. There are many explanations what Hashem Lekein Hashem Echad means. There are many, many, many ones. Okay, Rashi's is the simplest. I was going to say, if I got to be hungry. Okay? No, it's over here. And, uh, well, over here. Okay. Second page. Okay. Second page in the staple pages. Okay? The Lord is our God, the Lord is one. The Lord who is now our God and not the God of the other nations, he will be declared in the future the one God. Gotcha. Okay, and then he quotes Pusa. So the Hebrew really is beautiful. Hashem Shula Kenu Atah, Hashem who is our God now, He is not the God of the Gentiles who Asidliyos Hashem Echad. He will one day be one God. Okay? So she's saying, what you're getting in the statement, I'm Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt, I want you to know the particular experience that you have, and no other people in the world have that experience at that time. None other. Right. You should know. Okay? One day, Hashem will be a chat throughout the world. So how do we end Aleinu and Rashi? Right? On that day, he will be one and the other one. If you have time, if you'd like to take it home, please read the Rashi's that are checked off. And uh, I don't want to keep people from I'm sorry.